What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Tuesday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show, sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. I am your host, Josh Harris. Special day in NHL land. Marty Jones starting for the Leafs tonight. Senor Fiesta got to rock the sombrero for that. He is starting against our New York Rangers, my New York Rangers. Got to rock the sombrero for Senor Fiesta Day. Uh, joining me, as always, Slim Cliffy. How was your weekend? That was very robotic, but how was your weekend? Yeah, yeah no, uh, no, it was a good weekend. Um, yeah, I was telling you a few days, I threw out my back a few days ago, so it's been a tough few days lately, but uh, went to a Christmas party on Saturday, which was nice. Um, nice to get out. Uh, watched, watched the Leafs, <laughs> watched the Leafs storm back last night and John Tavares get his thousandth point on that game tying goal and then lose in overtime. That was almost like the perfect scenario <laughs> for what I wanted to see last night. So you get the Islanders fan, you get the Islanders fans mad and then you get the Leafs fans mad for the loss. And it's just, just the perfect storm, uh, for me, but, uh, looking forward to tonight's slate. Big contest on DK tonight, obviously. They have their 888 Abominable Snowman going. Uh, 500K prize pool, 100K to first. Some uh, some people in our chat are going to be in there. I'm not playing. I think you're in that, right? You're in that. So, yeah, big slate tonight. Um, lots of interesting spots. Four teams on back to, on a back-to-back. Uh, -back. I think they're all on the road as well. So, yeah. Uh, it's going to be some late information, and on a, on a slate like tonight, late information could be key uh, to hitting uh, to hitting the nut lineup. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we do we do right by the audience here tonight. Yeah, you threw out your back. I was supposed to get my epidurals in my back yesterday. My doctor's sick, so I have to reschedule. We'll tough it out. We'll get through it. What's my DK name? It is J R H O O two. I have a stochastic logo because I've been trying to get in the Hall of Fame for four years <laughs> um thank you clayton gifting five stochastic dfs daily fantasy sports advice memberships to five people in the community thank you clayton he is pretty much our unofficial um moderator <laughs> of yeah. our chat um he also keeps us very accountable but let's get into the slate before we do you know the drill my my hombres Make sure to hit that like and subscribe button to keep up with all of our shows, DFS offers, giveaways, and much more. Once you subscribe, hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. If YouTube isn't for you, you can find all of our content over on the Stochastic Podcast channel. It would help us out if you left a five-star review there. And also, you can get into that Stochastic Hall of Fame that I've been trying to get into since I got hired. Um, now, finally, the contests for NHL are big enough, and I have a shot here. All you have to do is download the Stochastic Avatar from stochastic.com backslash avatar, place in the top three of a contest with over 5K contestants, tweet the wins at Stochastic HOF account on X or Twitter. If you don't have either of that, those, you can email us with your screenshot, and you can win a free month of Stochastic package of your choosing. You can only win uh, once in a calendar year. Let's get into this 10-game. We're going to start with a banger. Carolina Hurricanes with a 3.4 total. Heading into Ottawa, the Senators have a 3.2 total. Let me pull up these lines here because they are a bit different than our top stacks have. Uh, after we Jake ran top stacks, they shuffled their lines. Uh, so Carolina is running Stefan Nason with Ajo and Jarvis, Tara Vinen with Kakniemi and Netchis. Then the stall line is back intact with Martinook and Faust. And the fourth line is bumping Drury Lemieux. Sveshnikov is still out. Uh, Ottawa going uh, Brady Kachuk, Drew uh, Norris, Dutzla Dodgerson, Tarasenko. This is an interesting game because there is no ownership on this game. And this is one of the six and a halfs on the slate. There are a bunch, but like, you know, there's a lot of late games. And I feel like just by default, late games get more ownership because people don't want to be dead by 7.30. But this is an interesting game. Carolina goaltending has been awful. On the flip side, Ottawa has just been awful. Like, their penalty kill has been getting run over. They haven't been great. DJ Smith is somehow still employed, even though he they hired a babysitter for him. I don't really know what's going on there. 
both these both the top six lines for these teams coming in around two percent ownership and i think you know that's going to change because the prices on these carolina lines are like 12 3 12 4. not that it's going to be super expensive with aho jarvis and nason but I, I think i like the carolina side here a bit more they have the highest road total for teams not playing the sharks which is Winnipeg, which we'll get to at the end. They have a 3.4 road total. The next highest is Florida at 3.3. Like, yeah, Ottawa is kind of a fun team offensively, but they've been awful defensively. So as you were telling me before the show, you kind of of like Stefan Nason's season. He is a shooter. So I I, kind of like that top line here tonight. Yeah. um, Nason's one of those guys. It's like he's really thriving down – down on the bottom six, basically on the fourth line, because they do leave that stall line together for the most part. Um, he has been doing exceptionally well. Like he's on pace for 20, like nearly a 25 goal season playing on the fourth line. Now he's doing that shooting 22%. Uh, Got to think that's going to come down. But I, it's been a few years now where he's been one of the better fourth line players in the league. And like, that might sound like a backhanded compliment, but it's really not. Like there are good fourth liners in the league that just don't get moved up the lineup. Like we'll talk about Vegas later this game. I mean, you the Vegas fourth line might be your favorite line uh, in the NHL. So um, there are good players in he, you know, typically he has been a guy to move to the top power play unit at times. I don't think that's what's going to happen tonight, though. You know, these power play units change so often. Um, who really knows? I suspect that you'll get at least, um, Aho and Jarvis on the top unit. Um, but the big note about that is the Ottawa penalty kill. I was letting you know um, before the show, like Ottawa by far and away giving up the most shots per minute on the penalty kill um, over the last four weeks. They're at 78 shots against per 60 minutes on the PK over the last four weeks. No other team is over 70. Um They've really been getting run over in that regard. And I was looking at some of their some of their recent games. It's like, okay, they, there's Toronto and, and there's New York and there's Detroit in there. But then there's like Seattle, Columbus, Minnesota, Calgary. Like not really a lot of like, you know, stacked uh, power plays in there. So I kind of agree with you that I do, you know, between the two Carolina top lines, I like the top line best. Um, like I said, two out of three on the top power play. And you're probably going to want to throw Brent Burns on the blue line with them um if you're gonna power play stack i'm gonna be honest though i kind i hate to say it, but i think I'm, i kind of like the ottawa side here this is one of the six and a half games um there are three games on the slate where there were both sides um have an implied goal total of at least three this is one of them um the ottawa second line is the one i want to point out i wrote up drake batherson in the picks article today uh free to read over at stochastic.com nhl um, it's up there most days, except for Sundays. The point that I brought up there and the point that I, we brought up on this show a couple of times is like Stutzla and Tarasenko have probably been the team's two best playmakers this season. Like if you want to add Claude Giroux in there, you know, that's fine. But Stutzla and Tarasenko have really helped um, their line mates score this season. And that's exactly what Drake Batherson needed. Now, what I also mentioned in that article is like, this is the ultimate double-edged sword, right? Like, if you look at any of the defensive, like, you know, we talked about Ottawa's penalty kill numbers over the last month. If you look at any of Carolina's defensive numbers over the last month, they've just been outstanding. It's just the goaltending has been absolutely putrid. 31st at five on five over the last four weeks, 31st on the penalty kill over the last four weeks. Like, this is one of those games where Ottawa could score four goals on 23 shots, right? Um, and if I do use Ottawa, I want to use the players that are actually that are actually doing well setting up each other. And that's the Ottawa second line. It is Stutzla, Tarasenko, um, and Batherson that I like here. You mentioned ownership low on them. It's only coming in at 2.3%. So they're coming in with positive leverage um, or at 2%, sorry. So they're coming in with positive leverage on the top stacks tool, 4.8% top two stack probability. I don't know if I'd necessarily want to turn it into a power play stack. Because, again, with Thomas Shabbat out, they have been running two more even power play units. Um, but I I don't really hate the idea of using Ottawa 2 here tonight. Like, like they're, they're outmatched 
their skaters are outmatched by Carolina, but the Carolina goaltending, I think, is probably the worst in the league. And if, if all you need is like 25 shots to score three or four goals, then so be it. And at 2%, like I think that's worth the risk. So Stutzla, Batherson, Tarasenko for me on that side. I like the Ajo side on Carolina's. You know, if you want to use the top line, Kachuk, Drew, Norris instead, I, you know, no real argument with it. Kachuk's their best player. Um, you know, if you want to use the stack with the best player on the line, that's fine. I just really like the way Ottawa 2 is played. Like in a small sample, 3.6 expected goals per 60. And I think they're, they've been together five games now. Um, they've just been playing well. So I like Ottawa 2, Carolina 1 as well. Everyone's been giving me shit for the Stutzla jersey. They Oh, he hasn't scored since he got the Stutzla jersey. He scored. Relax. It's not the jersey. It's a sweet jersey, by the way. It Move is. On to the next one. <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs with a 2.7 total heading into New York. The Rangers have a 3.3 total. Big news here. Party Marty Jones. First start of the season against the Rangers. What are we doing? This is like the this is like the greatest day of my life. Uh, you know, the two the two times my sons were born and marrying my second wife. But this is still great. Uh, but this is interesting because there's almost no ownership here on the Rangers. And I, I have to believe that this is going to come up for two reasons. One, in the top stacks, uh, we still have Kyle Connor. So that line, the Winnipeg top line with Connor, there's around the same price as the Rangers second line. So whether it's Perfidi, whether it's Velarde, that price is coming down big time. And maybe the ownership doesn't come down in Winnipeg, but it's gonna it's gonna jump up a little bit on this Ranger second line. Even if it gets to like eight nine percent, I'm still okay with it. Uh, the Leafs played last night; it's back to back on the road. Um, the Rangers kind of split their their matchups against the top line. So if, if that Trocheck line does see uh, Matthews a bit, that's even better for them. Like Panarin said, what did he say? Four check, back check, tro check. Yeah, that's what a, what a quote. I, I hope there's video of that. We need video of that. But like, I really love Ranger's second line here. I want to see ownership. I want to. It's gonna come up. Like if they come in at three point three percent tonight, like I would be shocked. I, I'm I'm expecting eight to ten ish. If you want to go to the the Rangers top line, I guess that's fine. Like. If you want to do some sort of power play stack with Zabanajad and Kreider, you can do that. Alexis Lafreniere, uh, outside of the power play guys, plays the most time on ice. So I, I New York, New York Rangers second line is my favorite line in this game. On the Leaf side, I I don't know. Like anytime you can get a Matthews top line for two point four percent, it makes me nervous. And I think they're fine in MME to come in a little bit over the field, but I, I just don't know with like Edmonton on the slate with Vegas, with all these big totals, Winnipeg, you know, I, I don't know if I want to pay 21,500 for a team with a 2.7 total back to back on the road. So this is New York Rangers two game for me. Yeah. I, I think I agree with you. Like normally I ha I don't really have a problem stacking Leafs when they're like two, 3% owned and that leaves top line top stacks has them coming in between two and 3%. I, like that's fine. Like I, I, I wouldn't really hesitate to use the Leafs at that, um, at that ownership level. The thing is, is like I don't, I don't think like Rangers that Rangers second line. The ownership, I agree with you, is going to come up. I just don't know how high it's going to get. Like I'd be pretty surprised if all three guys were in double digits uh, in GPPs here tonight. Um, I like I, I said, I don't mind the. Toronto top line, but it is the Rangers side I like best. And it is Rangers too. Like I was, I was looking at their numbers to see if, uh, cause I, you know, when lines stay together, I usually look in like eight, 10 game segments to see when they might, if their play might be dropping off. Now that Rangers second line, I, there's probably a good argument to be made that their defensive uh, play has fallen off a little bit, but they're creating just as much as they ever have. Their last 10 games, 4.3 expected goals per 60 minutes of five on five. 
I don't think people, I mean, maybe they do. Uh, I don't think people realize, some people realize just how bad the Leafs defense has been for a while now. I was looking at, I was looking since Halloween. They played six, 16 games since Halloween. Um, that's about one fifth of the season. And in that span, they have worse expected goals against and goals against numbers than the Buffalo Sabres. So take out Toronto Maple Leafs, put in Buffalo Sabres and see how that might change the your perception of this game. Um I, I agree with you on Rangers too. Like um, there's that ownership on them, 9.5% top stack, 3.3% ownership. I think it probably comes up to like maybe six or 7%. I don't, like I said, I don't know if it gets all the way to double digits, but they're still playing exceptionally well. Like I wrote up Artemi Panarin in the picks article. One thing I was worried about with him was that his shot rate would kind of start dropping off and it has like a little bit, but his last 10 games is still 3.7 shots per game. Like that's still really high. Like he's shooting a lot. And Vincent Trocek, obviously, like you said, forecheck, backcheck, Trocek. He's just been incredible. So um, I really like that Ranger second line. They're going to see a fair bit of the of the Tavares-Marner line. Like Marner looked, did not look good last night. He hasn't looked good for a lot of this season. I still wonder if he's playing injured. And you got Marty Jones in net. Like you got, you got this lining up pretty well for the Rangers. Um, you know, 3.3 total, no ownership, well, low ownership. They're under 20K, so, like, you can still put, like, another decent stack with them. Like, you're not looking for, like, an $11,000 Seattle line uh, to, to put with them. You can still put, like, a 15K line with them. So, uh, I agree with you, Rangers 2. If people want to use Rangers 1, like, you know, we can slander Blake Wheeler all we want. That line scoring goals, right? Um, 110 minutes with them up there, 3.3 goals per 60 minutes like that. They're scoring. Um, I just don't know if, if the Rangers draw enough power plays here tonight to really make Zibanejad and Crowder go uh, on the PP. And I just think the Rangers second line is better at five on five. So Rangers two for me, if you want to use Toronto one, no real issue with that. I do think Toronto two is kind of in a good matchup with the way that the Rangers uh, second line has been kind of giving it up and Keandre Miller out for tonight as well. Right. So that takes a little bit of defensive prowess away from the Rangers. So I know there's lower ownership on Toronto one. I think Toronto two is actually in a little bit of a better matchup, even if Mariner's not playing that well, but it's the Rangers second line. I like in this game and it's, and it's honestly not even close. Yeah. Leafs fans were excited. Um, there you go. I played the horn again. The Leafs <laughs> Gotta love that horn. The Leafs fans were excited that Connor Timmons was now in the lineup. Holy moly, has he been bad. But yeah, this is, uh, I really like the Rangers' second line. Uh, Arizona Coyotes with a 2.6 total heading into Pittsburgh. The Penguins have a 3.5 total. Arizona got crushed by the by the Sabres last night. It was an ugly game. Um I don't know, man. But now, now Ingram's in net, who has been much better this season. This is a pretty tough matchup. These lines for Pittsburgh are a bit weird for me. Uh, Crosby, Gensel, Drew O'Connor. I think that's fine. Then Malkin, Riley Smith, Valtteri uh, Pustinen, who's also on the top power play unit. Like you, I, I don't even. That's like a creative player, but like you can't make the Pittsburgh power play any worse. So you might as well try it. Um. They're getting a ton of ownership here, both these lines. The top line's 18,100, getting projected at 17%. The Malkin, Riley Smith, uh, Pustinen line projected at over 11% because they fit with Edmonton one. And it makes sense because you get, you know, Malkin and Pustinen on the top power play unit. Arizona takes an unbelievable amount of penalties. They lead the league. Uh, their penalty kill hasn't been great. Ingram has been great. He has struggled a bit recently. But goalies are weird, so, you know, he's been their better goalie this season. On the Arizona side, with Zucker on the top line now, they're 14,900. They're getting a bit over-leveraged at 5.5% projected, but I don't mind taking a stab there in MME. I don't know if I'm going to get to them in ones and three. Yeah, I, I will mention Arizona's penalties have come down a little bit. Like, they've actually been closer to league average of late, so – not that it really matters. Like every power, like every matchup is a bad power play matchup for the Penguins when you have a power play as bad as they do. So like, doesn't really change a lot for me. But there is a lot of ownership on the Penguins tonight, um, as you were mentioning, about 17 percent on the top line on DK, uh, double digits for the second line. It makes sense. Like when you see 
three and a half total, like big favorite, not overly expensive because you have Drew O'Connor because you have Pustin in on the second line. Um, the, you know, it's another one of those cases where you can stack the Pittsburgh top line and still put another pretty good line along with them. Um, the Pittsburgh top line with Drew O'Connor there is kind of performing how you'd expect a, a really good line with Drew O'Connor to perform, which is to say they're generating a lot, but they're not scoring, right? Um, 87 shot attempts, 4.4 expected goals per 60 minutes. I think their actual goals is at like 2.2, which means they've scored twice in their near 60 minutes together, which really isn't that great. Like Drew O'Connor's, he's notorious at every level, like almost every level that he's played for generating a lot of shots, but not necessarily generating a lot of goals. That's kind of been Pittsburgh's problem this year is there have been games where they generate a lot of shots and they just don't generate a lot of goals. Like Arizona is not like, (laughs) they're not what I would call like a, a really strong team. But, like, they're not trash either, right? Like, I don't put them, like, down there with, like, San Jose or Chicago or anything. Or, like, you know, Columbus, Montreal. Like, I don't put them down there with those teams, especially, when you know, when they're healthy. Sean Dursey missing is kind of brutal for them. I haven't seen an update about him yet today. I, I suspect he'll be out again tonight. Um, so, like, Pittsburgh one's in a good spot, but I just don't know if I want to – if I want to full stack them, it's because there really is not much power play upside here. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, Connor Ingram back in net, that is an upgrade in net. Like I agree with you, like on Connor Ingram, just in general, like he is, has just been a pretty good goaltender uh, since he's coming to the league. He's been really good for them on the PK 900, you know, him and Prosper, or not Prospetov. Yeah. Prospetov, uh, both. No, not Prostatop. We started last night. Yeah, Vamelka. What I think was Prostatop, anyways. Who's there last year? That's right. Um, 900 save percentage on the PK over the last 20 games. So the goalies have been good for them on the PK. You basically need Pittsburgh to get there at five on five. And that's a lot of goal scoring at five on five. I don't know, man. Like, considering that ownership, I think I'm fine with a Pittsburgh fade here tonight. Like, Honestly, if I were to do anything, it would probably be like a one-off Drew O'Connor, a one-off Pustinen or something like that. Maybe you dunk a goal from them and and then you just go along your way. Like other than that, like you're bank, you're really banking on this team getting there at five on five. Sidney Crosby has three power play points this year. He's on pace for like nine this season. It is absolutely pathetic that Pittsburgh top power play unit, like maybe this is a get right spot. I don't think it really is. They're generating offense. I'm fine because of their pricing. The ownership's not completely out of control compared to their top two stack. I just don't know if I want to play like a 15, 16, 17% line that really doesn't have any power play upside. That's kind of what it boils down to for me. And the ownership on Pittsburgh too, I think is way out of control. So, I mean, I I don't think I'll be stacking Pittsburgh tonight. I can definitely see why people would want to. It's just not something I would do uh, on a slate this big. You know, I honestly think for me, it's it's the Arizona second line that I kind of like best in this game. Like going back to Kraus, Bukestad, and Michelli, I was mentioning to you before the game, it's, it's either his last nine or ten games. Michelli's averaging three shots per game. Um, his playmaking skills are still really good. Like Bukestad and Kraus are, are shooting the puck. Like it's another one of those lines where, you know, their last 100 minutes together, 71 shot attempts per 60 minutes, 3.9 expected goals per 60 minutes. They're getting 40% of the power play time. Like there's just been a lot of good things for that Arizona second line. I'm not too worried matching up against the Pittsburgh second line when you have, you know, when you have Riley Smith and Pustin in on the wings. So um, I think considering low ownership, like that, that Arizona second line should probably be about 1% here tonight. Kind of like Arizona too, the best in this game. Big fan of that Arizona second line. So, yeah, I agree with you. I watched a little bit of the Penguins recently, their power play. If they lose the faceoff, they are screwed. They have they cannot gain the zone and set up. I don't know what it is. I was, I was, I was, as soon as you said you watched the Pittsburgh power play, that's the first thing I thought of was like, if they they can't get control of the puck in the zone immediately, they can't get in the zone. Like, it's just, Fire it in, clear it out. Fire it in, clear it out. Maybe they carry it in, then they lose the puck and it's fired out. It's it's actually it's actually incredible. Yeah, I don't even understand because Malkin used to be awesome at zone entries. Now they're dumping and chasing. It's just a mess. 
anyway, let's talk about this mess of a game. Detroit Red Wings with a 3.1 total heading into St. Louis. The Blues have a 3.4 total. Blues going with the top line of Thomas Kyrou and Neighbors. Second line, Buchnevich is back at center, but he's a wing on DraftKings with Saad and Kapanen. Detroit lines with Larkin out are Debrinkat, Kane, and Kopp. Raymond, Rasmussen, and Valeno. JT Confer also out. It's an interesting game because Detroit is a mess. But playing chalk blues kind of give me heart palpitations. Like, I want to play Thomas Kyra Neighbors here, but coming in at 12 and a half projected, just like, no. Like, maybe I get there, depending on what else I do with my lineup, because I really like them here tonight. That ownership just gives me the heebie-jeebies. I kind of like the Detroit top line here, to be honest with you, because, yeah, Detroit has been awful defensively. But let's not pretend like the Blues are some juggernaut on the defensive end. They've been terrible. Bennington's been awful. Cop, Kane, Debrinkat are going to be a good offensive line. They're not going to play any defense, but if they have possession of the puck in the offensive zone, they're going to threaten to score. So 2.6% ownership here. They have a 3.1 road total, which is up there – for the highest of the night, it's not for the road totals, but 3.1, they're expecting goals. I kind of like to bring Cat Kane and Cop here. It feels really weird to say that I actually like an Andrew Cop line <laughs> because, like, I am not a big fan of his whatsoever. But you're right on St. Louis. Like, I'm not worried about St. Louis's defensive prowess at all. 75 minutes together for Thomas and Jordan Kotru with Pavel Buchnevich on the second line. 3.3 expected goals against per 60 minutes of five on five. Like they have been giving up a lot. And that's something that goes back to last year. Like Thomas is just not like, I don't know if he's not a great shutdown center or if it's just the way the team plays or whatever, but uh, the defensive numbers are usually pretty bad unless he has Buchnevich next to him. And he won't have that tonight unless they change around their lines. Like I did write up the St. Louis top line today they came in with more ownership than i was expecting i was expecting like maybe 10 percent at the most looks like they're they might get into the teens here it's a pretty good this is the one thing that concerns me about st louis is that it's a pretty good power play spot but they have a pretty bad power play and they also don't draw a lot of power plays to begin with um they're under three power plays per game so far this season league average is at around 3.3 now detroit takes a lot of penalties they're actually giving up the second most power plays per game uh, of any team on the season so that's why i say like it's a good power power play spot for st louis i just i worry about how good that power play actually is um so i'm fine with using st louis one like st louis two i don't know if i really want to go down to them captain and butch actually have a pretty big sample together this year and it's 2.3 expected goals 2.9 expected goals against like they are um, getting outplayed. Um, I suspect the lines will probably change during the game at some point. Uh, I don't think they're going to leave Pavel Buchnevich at center the entire game, though they might have to because they're doing it because they don't have another center to play there. Like Shannon, Shannon, Kevin Hayes can't do it. Um, so I think for me, if I'm playing anything on the St. Louis side, it is just going straight to the top line. And like, if you want to take neighbors off, put Buchnevich on instead try to, you know, extra power play stack because they have changed up um, their power play formations a little bit um, over the last few games. Um, I think last game they were, they were going with Shen and Hayes on the top line on the top power play unit. Um, I don't know if they're both going to be back there. So, you know, Buchnevich may be back on the top power play. We'll definitely have to see. Um, I don't mind the spot for St. Louis one, but like you said, the Detroit top line, like Kanan DeBrincat, I thought have looked fine. Like I've watched two, I think two, they played three games together so far. I've watched two out of the three. They've looked fine together. I thought like Kane looks slow, but you know, that guy doesn't look fast in like eight years. So, you know, what else were you ex really expecting? They all played 20 to 21 minutes last night. Kanan DeBrincat are going to be on the top power play unit. Um, St. Louis or Detroit does draw a lot of power plays They're I think they're drawing the second most power plays per game so far this season. The only team that's ahead of them is Ottawa. Um, so Detroit might get a fair amount of power plays here tonight, even if they're on the back to back. Those guys are all going to play heavy, heavy minutes. 
like I said, the St. Louis top line without Boots Navich there, their defensive numbers are pretty bad. I kind of like, I kind of agree with you. I think I like Detroit one here. I think both top lines are absolutely in play, but the Detroit top line, like just to kind of compare here, St. Louis top line, 7.2 top two stack, 12.6% ownership. Detroit top line, 5.5% top two stack, 2.6% ownership. So you're looking at, at what, like, you know, 33% less relative top two stack probability, but one fifth the ownership. Like, I, I think I kind of agree with you there. I like the Detroit side here better. Yeah. Um, that's weird to say, but that game is just a dumpster fire. Some news before we move on. Kyle Connor initial estimates out six to eight weeks. So Ooh. he obviously won't play tonight. Uh, at Florida Morning Skate, Brady or uh, Matt Kachuk, Sam Reinhardt, and Evan Rodriguez were not on the ice this morning. So no lines until tonight. Seth Jones out for the Blackhawks tonight against the Oilers. Wowzers. Okay. <laughs> you can sign up using the link in the description box below to get access to the best NHL data and tools in the industry. You get player and ownership projections, top stacks, tools, line combinations, and the Discord. You know, with the big 888 tonight in DraftKings, if you are playing and you want extra tools in your toolbox, click that link in the description below. You can get a weekly um, membership for $19.99. You can add on Fantasy Cruncher if you want. Thank you, Fantasy Cruncher. Remember, if you're thinking about going uh, premium, click that link in the description box below. Philadelphia Flyers with a 2.8 total heading into Nashville. The Predators have a 3.1 total. This is a pretty rough matchup for each of these top lines because they're going to be going into each other. Uh, Katoria Konechny going to be facing Ryan O'Reilly, Forsberg, uh, Gustav Nyquist. Um, not a good power play spot for Nashville. Flyers penalty kill is excellent. On the flip side, the Predators penalty kill has been pretty bad. So if you want to get to you know some Flyers one for that reason, I think that is reasonable. I think just based off price and ownership and you know lines that fit with Edmonton or whatever, I don't mind that Frost Tippett Brink line against the Nashville depth. But all in all, I'm not getting too much of this game in one to three. Yeah, um, this is another game where I just the power play upside is just a little bit tough for the home team. Um, Nashville, they are drawing a fair number of power play opportunities. They're at three point seven per game. That's fourth in the league um, this season. So they do generally get their power play opportunities, but um, Philly is not taking a lot of penalties. And Philly's penalty kill—it's probably the one thing that's really saving their season. Um, over their last 18 games, um, third fewest shots against per minute on the PK, fewest goals against per minute while on the PK. So not only are they below average by times uh, our power play opportunities given up per game, uh, they're giving up the fewest amount of goals per minute um, over their last 18 games. Like the penalty kill has been tremendous for Philadelphia. And if Nashville doesn't have power play upside, I really kind of worry about the team, especially going into that uh, Couturier matchup. As you mentioned, that lines up to the, the Philly top lines up to 120 minutes together. 1.7 expected goals against per 60 minutes. Like though, that's Jordan Stahl territory. You know what I mean? Uh, really, really bad matchup for Nashville. It is a top line that I do like in general. Like it, I, I think I kind of agree with you in single entry. I don't think I'll get there. If I was playing 20 max or something like that tonight, I would probably have one or two Nashville in my lineups because I know it's Sam Erson starting for Philly, and I know he's had a few good games in a row. I still don't think he's like a good goaltender. You know, Marty Jones could honestly have a good game here tonight. He could have like two good weeks. That doesn't mean um, he's necessarily a good goaltender. I think kind of the same thing with Sam Erson. So for that reason, like I was playing a ton of lineups, I would probably get some Nashville one. Other than that, I don't think I'll get to them either. The Philly side is kind of interesting because that Tippett Frost Brink line is one of those lines that you can fit in, you know, with Edmonton. Maybe you're playing Toronto or Tampa Bay or something like that. They are they are one of those lines you can fit in with the super expensive guys. You know, Tippett, he's been a pretty good goal scorer basically since he got to Philadelphia, especially over the last season and a half. Um I don't mind that combination. I wouldn't go to the Fairby Lawton Atkinson line. 
Um, you know, Lawton and Fairby just have pretty bad numbers together. 2.1 expected goals for 2.6 against. They're just kind of ride, riding hot shooting percentages at times. So I agree with you. I think it's Tippett, Frost, and Brink that I like best from the Philly side. I don't mind Nashville one here, but I think it's more like 820 max, you know, 150 than it is a single entry play. Agreed. There, let's move on to the Oilers. Chicago Blackhawks with a 2.4 total. Heading into Edmonton, the Oilers have a 4.5 total. That's probably the biggest on the season, if I remember. If my memory serves me correctly, which it almost never does, but it seems like it. Edmonton's still having some positive leverage here, despite being projected for almost 25% ownership. I mean, okay. What do, you, what do you really say about Edmonton in this spot? Their, their top line's fully correlated. You want a power play stack? Do do it up. Uh, let me just play devil's advocate for a second here. Um, here's a couple of reasons not to play them. No Seth Jones. Chicago is one of the worst teams in the NHL outside of Bedard. This game could be over at the end of the first period. So... But the flip side of that is like they score three power play goals and everyone on the top line has a three-point bonus and they get there anyway. I think th- this is easily the best spot of the night. There's no argument there. And I think they're a great play at 21-6. Like, at, like McDavid 9,300 is cheap for McDavid. Like people were thought maybe he's playing injured. He has like 900 points in his last six periods. Even Ryan Nugent Hopkins had four assists the other day. So like... You want to go to that top line, fully correlated, top power play, beautiful. You want to go to that, you know, you want to add in a dry side, you want to add in Bouchard, Bouchard, beautiful. The one thing that worries me is it's like 4 nothing at the end of the first period. And then, you know, like that top line only plays like 17, 18 minutes. Even like, and I, I would say like, oh, you can play that second line because of it, but they're coming in over leverage. And I don't really want to play Evander Kane and Connor Brown in case it is a somewhat close game and McDavid plays 22, 23 minutes. So really for me, I'm either like in my single entry, the choice for me is, you know, playing Edmonton or fading them. And I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but like there are so many reasons to play them that I just had to say out loud that there are some reasons not to play them. And I'm out on the Blackhawks. Yeah. Um, McDavid's a clear top play on the entire slate. That's something that I wrote about in my picks article. Like, you know, sometimes when you have, you know, Jack Eichel is at home, you have Austin Matthews on the slate. Um, sometimes there are guys that are that are close to him. It's not even close today. He's at 19.3 points projected on DK. Eichel's the next closest player, next closest center at 16. So, like, McDavid's obviously the clear heads and shoulders top play on the slate. Um and that top line's actually been playing really, really well under their new coach, under Chris Knobloch. Uh, <laughs> that 75 minutes together, they're generating six expected goals per 60 minutes of five on five. Like that's, it's literally a power play. And that's not an exaggeration. Um, they are just absolutely beating the holy hell out of their opponents. And that obviously reflects in McDavid's uh, box stats. So I do like Edmonton one here. What I will say is that it's it's not necessarily like a great power play spot. I say that with a little bit of trepidation because almost any time Edmonton's on the slate, it's a good power play spot for Edmonton. You know what I mean? Like they're just that good. But Chicago, 3.2 um, time shorthanded per game uh, so far this season. Like that's um, that's below average. So like they're not really taking a ton of penalties. Uh their actual shots against per minute is like towards the middle of the league. The thing that's killing them is their goaltending. Um, over the last five weeks, they actually have the worst goaltending on the penalty kill. It's worse than Carolina's, if you can believe that. Um, if those goaltenders can't make a few key saves on the power play, then you know that top line is going to start filling the net. I do, I really do like Edmonton one here, and I think like twenty five percent ownership in this matchup, even on a ten game slate, is like perfectly reasonable. Um, it's just a matter of what else do you do with it? Like, do you, you know, take out Hyman and put in dry Do you add Evan Bouchard on the blue line? Do you leave those guys off completely? I think like just putting in Edmonton one and then walking away isn't the way that I would approach it. I would definitely be looking, 
you know, turn it into more of a power play stack or add Evan Bouchard and then some one-offs besides that. Like that's kind of the way I would approach it. Not worried about any of the matchups, like in-game matchups or anything like that. He'll he's gonna go out against the Bedard line. The Bedard line with Bovillier there has just been getting run over. I mean, been getting run over all season basically anyway. But um you know, with Bovillier there, they're up they're sitting at 74 shot attempts against per 60 minutes, five on five. Like that's just not good at all. Um it is a tremendous matchup for McDavid. I think the cons- the one concern, other than, you know, just getting unlucky, and we have seen Edmonton do their fair share of getting unlucky, like especially over the first six weeks of the season. The other concern is the one you mentioned, is that maybe they're up, you know, 3 nothing after the first period. McDavid has a goal and assist or something like that, and then he only plays like eight minutes the rest of the way or something. You know what I mean? Um, that's definitely something that could happen, but I just – you know, it is a tough spot to just kind of pass on. So, yeah, I really do like Edmonton one, and I even think the ownership is just fine on them. I honestly think it's – Chicago one is a little interesting to me here because I am worried um, that they could change up lines. I know Anthony Beauvillier has been booted off the top power play, and I wonder how long he's actually even going to last on the top line. But 0.5% ownership against this Edmonton goaltending? Like, say what you want um about the you know about the rest of the Edmonton team and all the regression that they had to go to and go through and all that Edmonton's save percentage still like middle of the league since their coach came back so even though there's been improvements it's still basically been average so you know Bedard Kershev two-man or something like that I think is just fine the Oilers do take a ton of penalties they're one of the most penalized teams in the league uh fourth actually at 3.8 times shorthanded per game I think it's another one of those cases where I wouldn't play them in single entry. I'd be more inclined in 20 max or if I had 50 lineups going or something like that. But I don't hate the idea of using Chicago one here tonight. I would have been on board with that more if Seth Jones was in the lineup. I worry. Well, like Bedard can do whatever he wants on the ice, essentially. But like, who's moving the puck out of the zone? That's a fair point. Yeah, especially with Korczynski hurt. That's a fair point. So I, I do worry about that, but like getting Bedard under one percent, yeah, I I do agree with that. Like I like pr- I think Bedard is a fine one off in your MME mix. I just don't think I can get there in single entry. Florida Panthers with a three point three total heading into Seattle. The Kraken have a two point eight total, as I mentioned before. Sam Reinhart, Matthew Kachuk, and Evan Rodriguez not on the ice this morning for morning skate. I would imagine it's just maintenance. I don't know. Um, how they have been running their lines were Reinhardt, Barkov, Verhage, Kachuk, Bennett, Cousins, and then Evan Rodriguez, Lundell, and E2D2 lose to Reinen. This is one of those really good power play spots. Um, and there's not much ownership here. Like Seattle's penalty kill is bad. Reinhardt, Barkov, Verhage coming in at 1.8% projected because of Nick Cousins' price. That Kachuk Bennett line is coming in at 5.8% projected, but Bennett and Kachuk are on the top power play. Barkov and Reinhardt on the top power play. This is one of those things like maybe people are scared to play them when they when they see this news that they're not skating, and maybe they won't play tonight. But my assumption is they will. Luckily, there's a ton of late games here tonight, so if you are you know playing Florida, you can put them in and you can swap if you need to. I like. I honestly like the Reinhardt Barkov or Hagee line at 20K flat coming in at 1.8% projected ownership. Like there really isn't a matchup on Seattle that truly worries me. Like they've they're okay, but like their goaltending sucks. Their penalty kill hasn't been great. So I, I do really like Florida one here tonight. And then you you look on the other side and you're like, I was expecting Seattle chalk here tonight, but it's not there. Like Beneers Everlay Cartier, 11 7 who fit with Edmonton 1, 1.1% projected. Bjorkstrand, Tolvin, and Gore, 2.7%. So if I'm going to full stack, like if I'm going to play Seattle, I don't know if I'm going to full stack, but I think taking like, you know, Beneers Cartier or Beneers Everlay, I don't mind taking a couple pieces there. Yeah, they they ran different lines just before we came on the air. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it looks like Jeremy Cann's going back, um, back up to the top line. Fine for me. Yeah, I, like I think – you know, I do like Ty Cartier. Um, it just clearly wasn't working out with, with him on the top line. So, um, yeah, Jerry McCann back on the top line. Now, that top line with Jerry McCann there had actually been pretty good so far this season. Like, not elite or anything like that. But 
2.7 expected goals for 2.1 expected goals against per 60 minutes at five on five comfortably out shooting the opposition problem was they were shooting 5.8% as a line and getting 845 goaltending behind them. So they're getting just the absolute worst of percentages at both ends of the ice. Now, the problem is that they're probably going to see a fair bit of that Barkov, Ryan Harper, Hagee line. And basically any time that line, or basically any time um, Barkov and Verhage are together, it's just a tremendous defensive line. Like those two guys just play extremely well together defensively. Sam Reinhardt, obviously no slouch uh, in his own right. They do have really good numbers um, in a small sample so far this year. Um, nearly 50 minutes together. They're at 87 shot attempts for 3.1 expected goals uh, per 60 minutes. So they're generating a lot of offense. It is a good power play matchup. Seattle's penalty kill has generally not been very good this year. The reason it's gotten a little bit better lately is because their goaltending has been 900 on the PK. And if you get 900 goaltending on the penalty kill, you're probably going to have a good penalty kill. But you, you cannot rely on this Seattle goaltending to be 900 game in and game out. That's for sure. So I'm with you. I, I do like Florida one uh, best here tonight. The problem is, is like at 20K, obviously they're not cheap. And you look at other lines like in that price range, like that Rangers second line. 19,400, only 4% ownership. Um, I think the, the Ottawa second line's at around 17K. So $3,000 cheaper, only 2.5% ownership. Like there are just other low owned lines somewhere in that like 17 to $21,000 range um, that I think I'd rather play. Like I, I will say, I have no problem using them here tonight. And your point about all the games starting late is a good one too. Half this slate is starting at 10 o'clock Eastern or later. So if for some reason, you know, um, you know, Kachuk is out or Rodriguez is out or Verhey or whomever uh, is out, you still have half the slate to pick from. So, you know, there are, you know, Tampa Bay in the in the late games is, is definitely one pivot you can go to, um, you know, Vegas, obviously. So there are pivots you can go to. I do like Florida one. I just think there are other lines in that price range that that I that I'd rather go play. Um, Seattle third line is always interesting. Um, they are the line that usually carries the most ownership. Tonight's probably going to be no exception. Bjorkstrand, Tolvanen, and Gord. Um, but they're projected under 3% ownership, and their top two stack is at 2.1%. So the price that has come up a little bit on that line is kind of costing them ownership, and I think that's a good thing. So I think I don't mind Seattle 3 here tonight uh, going up against the third line uh, from Florida, but it is the Florida side I like best like period. And I think if I were to, you know, make a lineup around one of the teams in this game, it would be Florida. Yep. Agreed there. As we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by underdog fantasy and you can get your first match deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars in the link below. What is underdog? It's picking contests for people in non-legal betting states and you can win up to 20 extra money. They also have daily fantasy contests, large field GPPs with daily drafts. Uh, they also have playoff drafts for NBA, NHL, PGA majors, and more. Um, they also do uh, best ball, best puck, and stuff like that. So even even if you aren't interested in you know doing the pick'em stuff, they always have like I'm sure they have one for the NFL playoffs. They'll have stuff. They'll have NHL playoffs, that kind of stuff. Um, so you, you can get your first match uh, deposit bonus up to hundred dollars in the link below. You must be 18 plus. You need to be 21 in Massachusetts and Arizona. You also need to be 18 or excuse me, 19 in Alabama and Nebraska, 18 plus in the other legal states. If you are concerned with your play, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Tampa Bay Lightning with a 3.1 total heading into Vancouver. The Canucks have a 3.3. I want to go look to see if there's any news on Stamkos. Of course, Tampa has an optional this morning. So we won't get news there. They did call up uh, a defenseman and a forward. This is an interesting one because Tampa won with Kucherov, Point, and Hagel at 22-1, coming in with no ownership as it is. But if Stamkos plays and slots in on that top line, they obviously get more expensive. But that's going to be a super lone-owned trio in a good power play spot. So if you are thinking about fading Edmonton and you still want to use an expensive spot, I think Tampa 1 is a pretty sneaky option here, especially if there's a chance Stamkos plays. 
and it was it wasn't an injury. He was he was sick, and it's yeah. been a few days. So I I don't know. It's it's one of those speculative things. Like I don't know. I I would put in Hagel if you if you're thinking about using Tampa one and you want to have space for Stamkos. I think what you do is you put in Hagel and a little bit more of an expensive later D man. And if it is Stamkos in, you take Hagel out, put Stamkos in, and you drop your defenseman. So I think that is an interesting play there. And then on the flip side, no one's really playing Vancouver again. And they have a 3.3 total. Like, they're expecting goals in this game. Like, Tampa Bay, yeah, Vasilevsky's back, but they're still not great defensively. And if it is Stamkos on that top line, the Stamkos-Kucherov point line is not very good defensively. So... I don't mind Pedersen, uh, Mikheyev here. Uh, if it is Miller and Beth, like the line that goes out against that Kucherov point Stamkos line, if it is that trio, I like more, whether that's the Pedersen line or the Miller line, I, I kind of like Vancouver here. Yeah, the two lines I like here are the Tampa top line and the Vancouver second line. And by second line, I mean the JT Miller line. Um, for the Tampa side, like I'm, I've just been, I've turned into a, pretty big Brandon Hagel fan over the last couple seasons. And this year, like he's just been lights out. There's something that I look towards called scoring chance assists. It's tracked by a website called all three zones. It's just basically assisting on teammates scoring chances. Um, Hagel and Kucherov combined are nearly 14 per 60 minutes at five on five. Like the league average, if you take two league average players, it's like 6.2. Like they're more than double the league average combined. Like they, and they have been playing apart for most of the season. Like, I just think that um, with Hagel back on the top line um, and priced where he is, it is a nice pivot away from Edmonton. Um, you mentioned the low ownership, 1.1% ownership. They've been in their time together this year. They have been really good. 3.6 expected goals, 4.2 actual goals per 60 minutes of five on five. Vancouver penalty kill, not good. Um, that's what I brought up uh, in my picks article today. Um I think it's like 10 power play goals against in their last 12 games or something like that. It's just, it's the one area they've really, really struggled. And Tampa Bay can generate a five on five against anybody. Like all they need is just one or two plays to go their way. And it's in the back of the net because they're that talented. So I really do like Tampa one here tonight for Vancouver too. Um, I like the addition of Niels Hoglander. I think it adds, you know, kind of a, a more of a grindy shooty type, uh, dimension to that line, taking away that responsibility from JT Miller. Miller's, you know, been kind of on a little bit of a heater of late as well. 17 shots and seven points in his last six games. They're probably going to go out more against the second and third lines from, from Tampa Bay, which kind of sucks. I saw Victor Hedman was do, taking an optional this morning. I'm not sure if he's going to play or not. Hedman's out. Like there's really not a lot in their second and third pairs that I'm, I'm scared of uh, for a matchup. So I agree with you. I, I like the JT Miller line uh, from Vancouver, but I like Tampa's top line, like 1% ownership for like Nikita Kucherov, who might end up with like 140 points this year. If I can get that guy at 1%, if I can get his line at 1% ownership against a really bad penalty kill, I kind of like it. So I like Tampa one. Yeah, I do too. And yeah, just be aware that Stamkos could be back. He could go to that top line. He might not go to that top. Like we just don't know. It's all speculative. Calgary Flames with a 2.7 total heading into Vegas. The Golden Knights have a 3.4 total. Calgary played last night in Colorado. They lost 6-5, to five, I think. 6-5, six 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 yeah. yeah. Sorry. I was thinking of the Detroit game. Yep. Somehow the Flames scored five goals last night. Um, Dustin Wolf is probably going to be in that can, since Vladar went last night. That for some reason, they don't want to play him. This is a Vegas game for me. They have a 3.4 total. That top line, Eichel, Stone, Barbashev, 18,100, coming in with positive leverage. Like, you know, Dustin Wolf is a good goalie. It, this team doesn't scare me at all. So I, I'm interested in that Vegas top line. On the Calgary side, like, I just – these lines are just a mess. They're, they're like Walmart Seattle. I just I just can't play them. Yeah. I will say I don't mind that second line, Kadri Manjapani, Dubé. Um, assuming Dubé's there. He got moved up during the game last night. Um, they've been pretty good over the last couple of years. 3.1 expected goals, three actual goals per 60 minutes at five on five. Um, over 375 minutes, that's for Kadri Manjapani. And the numbers are even better 
um, in like a 240 minute sample, I think, with Dubé. And they're going to miss the Jack Eichel line. And the Jack Eichel line is, you know, the line that has been really stingy defensively. It's not the Howden Stevenson line um, that has been stingy defensively. So, you know, if you're looking for a super cheap filler, I don't mind Calgary 2 to go with, you know, your Tampa 1 or your Toronto or your Edmonton or something like that. But it is the Vegas side that I do like best here. Um, I wrote them up uh, in the picks article. Uh, Stone, um, Eichel, and Barbashev, uh, they've been really good since being put together. 3.1 uh, expected goals per 60 minutes, 65 shot attempts uh, generated per 60 minutes of five on five. Um, they've been riding a bit hot by shooting percentage, and that worries me, but they've also been just been generating a lot of shots. So, you know, even if they only shoot 10, 11 percent instead of 15, 16 percent, I'm not that worried about it. Um, Calgary's bottom 10 over the last four weeks on the penalty kill by shots against per minute of five on five or just shots against on the penalty kill. Sorry. So I do like Vegas one, the best in this game. I think Calgary two is fine as a filler, but I agree with you. This is a Vegas game. Yep. Let's get to the last game of the night. Winnipeg jets with a 3.5 total heading into San Jose. The sharks have a 2.6 Kyle Connor, obviously out six to eight weeks. Jets ran lines as we are on the air going to be Nikolai Ehlers with Shifley and Velarde, Perfidi with Nemestikov and Barron, Niederreiter, Lowry, Appleton. So I mentioned to you um, Ehlers, Shifley, Velarde fit with Edmonton 1. They fit. And you don't necessarily have to punt goalie. You would have to punt defenseman if you didn't punt goalie. But if you just say you put in Dustin Wolf with them, 6,900, you'll still have 6,600 left for defensemen. They fit. That's it, just going to be a chalky build. And Ehlers, Shifley, Vlardy fully correlated on the power play. Winnipeg ran power play practice at Morning Skate is Ehlers, Shifley, Vlardy, Perfidi, and Morrissey. No surprises there. I wish Ehlers, Shifley, Vlardy wasn't going up against the Sharks tonight because that line's going to see a lot of ownership. But I, this is one of those spots where it's just like, oh, they're playing the Sharks. Jesus Christ. They're going to be 20%. Jesus Christ. They're gonna, they fit with Edmonton. <laughs> of course. Giant GPP, NBA money in there. Let's get the chalky chalk to chalk, and you'll see that those two lines. But, like, how do you not play them here tonight? Yeah, I – I mean, the the way the reason why you might not play them is because Kyle Connor is a 40-goal scorer and he leads the team in power play points. Like, he is – it's not like they just lost some second-line 20-goal scorer. He is, you know, he's not in the elite tier of goal scorers in the league, but he's certainly in the next tier just below that and easily their best goal scorer on the team. Um, I still – I like the way that top line looks. I think Velarde's kind of a good dual-threat guy, Ehlers with the shooter, and Shifley also uh, being a dual-threat guy. Uh, the only concern, like you said, is ownership. Like, I really do think that line's going to be at least 20% here tonight. Um, you know, with Iafalo in the top stacks, the projected ownership was nearly 25%. I can't imagine that's going to go down uh, with Gabe Velarde in a perfectly correlated top power play unit there. It could be even higher than that. So, like, this is a 25% line. It's like, do I really want to play that? It seems a little bit too extreme especially with the way the Sharks goaltending has been like the Sharks goaltending, I guess outside of the two games where they let in 10 goals each game has generally been pretty good this year. It's the one thing that's kept them in games. No problem playing Winnipeg one. It's just whether you want to play them at, at that ownership or not. What I will say is like the hurdle line really hasn't been awful defensively. Um, and Eklund and Barabanov have been outplaying the opposition whenever they've been wingers together on whatever line that they've been on. So it's not a slam dunk guarantee like this is a walk over matchup for Winnipeg one here tonight. So yeah, otherwise it's a it's a really good matchup for them. Perfectly correlated to cheap price, probably gonna play 19 to 21 minutes. It's just whether you want to eat that ownership. I'm just not sure I want to. On the San Jose side, it's like all the guys are healthy. Um, you know, Eklund's back, Duclair's back and all that. Um, whether you want to choke on all the ownership on the San Jose side, because the San Jose lines are really cheap as well. Um, 
You're looking at 11-8 for the top line, 12-11-6 for the second line. They're going to come in chalky. Um, what I will say is that I don't mind the idea of going out against that Winnipeg top line. I just don't think um, – or the Winnipeg second line, sorry. I don't think uh, Morgan Barron and Vladislav Nemesnikov are going to be able to carry the load defensively. So, I, like Granlin, Zetterlin, Duclair, I don't mind them as a filler stack here tonight. I just think they're going to be a little bit chalky. It's just going to be a really chalky game yet. People have to decide whether they want to choke on that chalk or not. I usually don't, but um, it's not – there should be goals in this one. It's just a matter of, of whether they're correlated and <laughs> whether we get the right guys. Cause like there have been some huge San Jose games. There have been some big letdown games as well. So I just kind of worry um, that you take the best goal scorer away from Winnipeg and people are still going to go play them at 25% ownership. That's just a little worrying to me. Yeah. And if you are thinking about playing sharks, it is bro swap projected to start not hell of a coming up after us at 5 30 p.m eastern nba deeper dive with neil orfield and adam Schur, and then a 6 30 p.m eastern nba live before lock with greg ehrenberg and former iowa state caddy eric lindquist i'm gonna keep saying that until he watches it let's talk a little bit about defensemen here um the, the three most expensive guys in the night are yossi hughes and petrangelo Petrangelo is probably my favorite of that bunch. Right under them, it is Bouchard. Morrissey obviously is in a really good spot. Who are you liking it, uh, in the mid-range? Um, I think the two guys – I, we'll have to see what they say about Victor Hedman. I, uh, I saw that he was skating for the optional. I don't think if that means that he plays tonight. We'll see what happens there. If Hedman's out, Sergeyev, um, like right at the top of the bullet for me in that mid-price range. Tori Krug as well for St. Louis. Um I don't mind Brandon Montour either. He's still a uh, fairly cheap price. Once that Florida power play starts clicking, his price is only going to come up. Um, in that Ottawa-Carolina game, I like uh, both power play defensemen, Burns and um, Jake Sanderson. But I also like other defensemen in that game as well. Dimitri Orloff probably going to be running the second power play unit for Carolina. They do get minutes, um, so I don't mind Orloff. Um, since Shabbat went down, Artem Zub leads Ottawa, Ottawa defenseman in ice time. Um, so your boy, don't mind the zoo. Uh, with Jones and Korchinski out for Chicago, Connor Murphy might have to block about 30 shots here tonight. So um, I don't mind Connor Murphy. I will also say I think it's going to be Alec, Alex Vlasic running the top power play unit for Chicago. Not that that it's worth a lot because that power play unit sucks, but um, 3K for a top power play guy. Um, there are definitely worse options. Uh, if you need super cheap options, uh, Dennis Gilbert, 2,500 for Calgary. He had to play over 20 minutes last night with Chris Tanev getting hurt. Um, Jordan Osili is probably going to jump into the lineup, but he's not going to play a ton of minutes. So Gilbert, 2,500, as well as Jan Ruda uh, for San Jose, 2,500. Although I did see that they were mixing up a bunch of their defensemen, and Henry Thrun, uh, even though he's sent back to the HL, was at practice for them today. So I'm going to have to double-check on those San Jose defensemen, but – uh, Gilbert and Valimaki for cheap for sure. Yeah, let's talk some goalies here. Stewie Skinner, eighty six hundred. I don't know, man. Like, if you want to play him in cash games because it's a winnable game for Edmonton, go for it. Uh, then you have Yari and Brossois up in the expensive stuff. Logan Thompson, UC Saros above AK. Kochekov is confirmed for Carolina. Igor Shesterkin also at AK. Don't mind that. And then like the cheaper guys are. It's always where I'm at anyway. Go down to the, the bottom here. Just whoosh, scroll all the way to the bottom. Mackenzie Blackwood, Dustin Wolf, both 6,900. I have interest in that. both of them. Connor Ingram, 7K, also have interest there. Marty Jones. <laughs> no. Uh, but, yeah, those three cheap guys are the ones that stood out to me. Yeah, I think Wolf and Ingram are kind of the two guys that stick out to me because Arizona back-to-back -back going into Pittsburgh – um calgary back-to-back -back going into vegas you got to think if either of those teams win those games it's not because they've won like seven four it's going to be because the goaltenders were pretty good right so uh wolf and ingram for cheap for me if i'm going to pay up i think uc saros is the guy just because you don't have to worry about you don't really have to worry about their penalty kill uh against philly even though as ray rock said the philly power play has been a little bit better of late it's still nothing that really that is really scary so um UC Saros, if I'm paying up at 8,100. If I'm not, Dustin Wolf, Connor Ingram are the cheap guys. And I'll mention uh, Junus Corpusalo as well. I didn't see 
Um, yeah, he got confirmed. Uh, Corpus Allo at home against Carolina. You know, Carolina's penalty kill sucks sometimes. That's the real, the big weakness for Ottawa lately has been their penalty kill. So Carolina doesn't get there on the PK. Maybe Corpus Allo can kind of hold the fort down. Yep. Uh, who are you looking for your hat trick pick? Uh, talked about him in the Tampa Bay game. Uh, hopefully he doesn't bagel for us. Brandon Hagel. Oh, that was a rhyme. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, how I, I had the sombrero. I played the horn. How do I not pick a ranger here tonight? I'm going back check, four check, tro check. There we go. I love it. Uh, let's hope our rangers, uh, can get to business here tonight. Yeah. We will be back either tomorrow or Thursday. I'm not sure, uh, just yet. Um, but make sure to smash that like button on the way out, uh, get in that discord, especially tonight with those big GPPs and good luck, everybody. Good luck tonight, everyone.